0: Oh, sorry. I was just saying Superman versus the Terminator. I've never read that. Oh. I should. That sounds cool. What it what are you guys reading for tomorrow? It's uh Cooperberg, right?
1: Oh crap, I still need to read that. Um yeah. Uh, no, no, not Cooperberg. Um Art
0: uh, Oh, Art Balthazar, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Arkham.
0: Lil Arkham, Arkham or something?
1: Back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got his uh I've got a statue, little Hellboy eating eating his pancakes. Nice. So I, I love it. I bought him for I bought it from him at one of the shows out here for because uh, he's at in Skokie, so he's always at the Chicago shows. Great guy, awesome with kids, you know, just uh like super energetic and just wonderful to be around and all that at a comic con. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't say enough nice things about him. You know I, I sent him a random email asking like if he could give me sketch cards of the turtles and he did and they were in like crayon and stuff and it was like all that style that he does and I'm like dude this is awesome. I, I literally just like sent him twenty bucks. That was it and it's like <laughs> he just sent me four little sketch cards that I could put up so I'm like dude, oh, you're a cool awesome. man or you're a cool guy in my book. He
1: he certainly seems that I uh, I was working on videos of his panel. Oh yeah uh, he, he did a Migo panel.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. That was
1: really good. Yeah. Okay. Y'all ready? Yep. Y'all ready for
2: this? (laughs) (laughs) The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are
1: not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised.
0: It's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds But Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red octopus, Splash Paces, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, still talking with, my God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Door Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows top full of dirty goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast.
1: Uh, hey, welcome to the Dork Night. Uh, you know me, my name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. We have an awesome show scheduled for you, as always. But the Dork Night, you know, we talk about everything Batman and sometimes Superman as well. We need to get into World's Finest. Uh, but speaking of Superman, our resident Superman fan and not so much of a Batman fan,
2: powerful Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I I like I like the idea of Batman, you know, it's, it's like, it's like Pepsi, you know, I like the idea of Pepsi more than I actually like Pepsi, you you know, but, uh, yeah, I I like Superman a lot. That's for sure. And we got some, like we, I have, I have, I have something that's perfect. We'll be doing a little crossover, I think between dark Knight and comics paradox where we awesome talk about alternate reality stuff and what have you so yeah I, I got i got something i got something for that don't don't you don't you go worrying and put a little head about that I, I i'll take care of it but uh hi everyone hey, hey. I'm,
0: I'm powerful brandon hello
1: uh you mentioned pepsi <laughs> as long as it's not crystal pepsi right
0: oh you're taking my thunder out. i was going to talk about the elseworlds version of pepsi which was Crystal pepsi
2: <laughs> so, i think i had that once when i was a kid and i like i didn't i didn't
0: mind it you it was know, fine I mean, you know it's, yeah didn't do anything. It was it was like fine.
2: It reminded me more of Seven Up than anything else. Make Seven Up yours.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Godfrey. <laughs> uh, Mr. Justin Cooper.
2: Hey, hey. That's
0: that's what you get. So no, I'm excited to see uh, kind of what we got going on uh, with a continuation of this uh, mini series here. You know, we, we got uh we just we just finished up the penguin. Now we're moving on to the next one, which uh as as again the caption above me reads uh one bad day, Mr. Freeze. So
1: yeah, so uh speaking of that, so uh one bad day, Mr. Freeze. Here's a brief synopsis. So going back to the dark knights early days in Gotham City, Batman and Robin, Dick Grayson faced down the coldest winter Gotham City has ever seen. A winter so cold that Mr. Freeze, Victor Freeze, no longer needs his containment suit to survive. He is in an element where he can thrive. Robin empathizes with Mr. Freeze. All Freeze wants to do is save his wife, Nora, but Batman warns Robin not to give his empathy to Victor Freeze. He's a man who decided his own fate a long time ago, and he deserves none of our warmth. Uh, Batman warmth, that doesn't mix. Uh, In this winter, he will show his true wickedness and power. The powerhouse creative team from best-selling writer Jerry Dugan and uh, from X-Men, Deadpool, Arkham Manor, and Mateo Scalera. White Knight presents Harley Quinn, Black Science, brings you Mr. Freeze's most frigid story yet. This came out on November 15th of 2022. And uh, quite fitting, November, Mr. Freeze.
2: Yeah. So uh, Jerry Dugan, uh, Duggan. He, he... Duggan. Duggan, 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 Dugan One D, one D is Duggan. Two D's is Duggan. Two Duggan. G's, I'm sorry, Duggan. Yes. So like Captain America's sidekick, oh not Captain America, um, Nick Fury's sidekick slash friend from Howling Commandos, Dum Dum Dugan. This writer, Jerry Duggan. Jerry
1: Duggan. Thank you. Yes. So uh, he calls himself uh, a lovely guy. This is via his Twitter. Uh, (laughs) So he says, I'm just a lovely guy writing X-Men recovering Deadpool writer. Uh, This is the unmonitored megaphone Emerson alum subscribe.
0: I like uh, uh, his uh, series that he was writing the Marauders which I think was my favorite of all the uh, X books that came out of the Rise of X, like the, uh, as we'll call it, like the Hickman run. It was the, the, one of the spinoff books there that he was doing. That was a really good book.
2: Yeah, the one that had the least amount to do with anything that was happening on Krakoa. That sounds about right.
0: Well, I mean, eventually it, it got there. Like the whole idea was it was about like Kate Pride, and she, yeah. for some reason, wasn't allowed on Krakoa. So and and I'm not a huge fan of this era of X-Men, you know, whatever.
2: It's because she was the only one they couldn't explain why resurrection didn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but this I don't this, know, oh. I don't
2: read a lot of X-Men, but I did read some of that shit.
0: Yeah, I I read the first 12 issues of all the spin-offs and I'm like, "All right, um I like this one, so I'm going to keep with this and New Mutants."
2: Yeah, I kind I kind of did the same thing. I mean, yeah. But for, me, for me, what it was, I didn't mind what Jonathan Hickman was doing. It's just, unfortunately, I'm wildly aware of comic books. And uh, I had much in the same way. How, how do I put it? You know, it, it's best to put it like this. I saw the value in what Detective Comics had done with Robin, as I've mentioned before. Yep. And I was like, this is the logical thing to do. It should have been done a long time ago. And quite frankly, this should dictate how the rest of these books and characters operate from this moment forward. And of course it all got changed back to the status quo. As soon as it, it was just like, okay, this is done. And Having gone through that experience and then reading like Age of X or not Age of X, but um, House of X, Powers of X, all that stuff. yep, uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is really good and it's really sensible. It makes sense for what these stories and characters have been for a very long time. And it leads itself to what would seem to be a logical, not necessarily a conclusion, but continuation point moving forward so because I know comic books I'm gonna stop now because I'm just gonna be absolutely pissed off when they bring it all back to the status quo fair and that's pretty much what happened
0: I think so. it's still going I, I don't know I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of it i I like his work he even did uh work on the infinity series you know if you, you recall maybe a couple years ago Marvel was doing this thing where yeah. Uh, like like Daredevil. I, I think it was like during like War of uh, like Asgard and all that War of the uh, Realms, War of the Realms. Uh, so like Daredevil ends up getting uh, the power of Heimdall, like the, the sight and all that, like like that sort of thing. And, you know, there's Infinity Gems kicking around and all that. Well, that series was um, something that uh, Jerry Duggan was doing. So and, and it was not bad, like it was crazy stuff, you know, like, oh. What if Wolverine mixed with the the White Queen or something? It's like, all right, this is cuckoo, but you know he was doing it, and I mean he did a pretty serviceable what, job. What, what
2: was the name, Wolver Queen?
0: I don't know. It was it was something like uh, like uh, I don't know, Logan Frost or something dumb, you know.
1: I I, I just reals, realized as you were talking about it, Heimdall has a sword and he has sight beyond sight, so he's a Thundercat, right?
0: That is accurate. Yes. That is yep. now that is now canon. So
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minus the whole not being a humanoid cat part. Sure. Details. Well, got, Come he, on. He got the eyes for it. Maybe he's he hiding the tail. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, where he does oh. <laughs> he doesn't have the giant laser pointer to get the attention of all of his cat friends.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys never thought of that one? Because I know I sure as fuck did. Like, wait a minute. So they're cat people. And he shoots a giant red laser dot into the sky that all of his cat friends see and then start chasing after. All right. I mean, (laughs) if you guys say so. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight.
1: So uh, Duggan, uh, he worked on Deadpool uh, for the 2013 relaunch uh, with Brian Posehn, and uh, he wrote sounds like he wrote that entire series.
0: He did the plotting for it. I think Posehn did a lot of the banter.
1: Okay, um, he also worked on uh Hulk, Nova, Hawkeye versus Deadpool, Batman Arkham Manor, and uh, co-writing, yeah, co-writing Deadpool with Brian Posehn. He was also a producer on Attack of the Show, I writer and producer. That. Oh yeah, writer and producer. Yeah, G four. I mean,
0: he's, he's pretty prolific. Was he doing? Um, was he doing Strange Academy as well? Uh,
1: I thought that was him, Doctor Strange: The Last Days of Magic.
0: Oh, okay. I knew he was doing something with Doctor Strange. He, he's done a lot of stuff with Marvel. Like they've really taken a shine to his work.
1: Yeah, it says he worked on Marauders. Uh, the reboot of X Men titles began with Cable in twenty twenty. And then, as you mentioned, uh, taking over X Men with the flagship series, replacing Hickman.
0: Hickman, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. I th- I think out of everything that he's done so far, the Marauders has been my favorite. Hmm.
1: And the uh, the art from this is uh, by Matteo Scalera. Uh, black Science King of Spies, Batman, Space Bandits, Hulk, Deadpool, Secret Avengers. Artist illustrator lazy ass can't draw cats. That is his uh Hulk versus
0: here? Deadpool. I missed that one.
1: Uh well he's saying it all in one, like oh uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's weird. He he is just a garble of words. So uh oh and he also it, worked on Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse.
0: Whoopty shit. I I like this this art style because it does very much remind me of um, the White Knight series and, and the, uh, the the Murphy stuff but um it it's got kind of a cool feel to it he's doing a lot of fun stuff with negative space the colors are kind of like minimalist it's it's pretty cool
2: was black science rick remender
0: jeez there's a name i haven't heard in a while
2: yep
0: black- rick remender
2: I think I read the, I think I got the first book. Oh, he, he did, uh, he did Batman White Knight, Harley Quinn,
0: Mateo Scalera. Okay. So that, that makes sense. So he, he must've, uh, yeah, that, that gives you the look. That'll do it. That was a good book. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Uh,
1: yeah. Let's see what else he worked on a bunch of different Batman, um, Yeah, White Knight presents Harley Quinn number one. Uh, White Knight presents Harley Quinn number six.
0: Oh,
2: number two, like he... number three, number four, number five as well. Leo.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Are they there, on all of them, or was he just doing like uh, like in panels or something like that? Like, is uh, is that how it?
1: Says he was the artist.
0: Oh, like the full artist. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, for just covers, he worked on uh, Batman Beyond, Gotham City Garage. And he did a bunch of variant covers as well.
0: Yeah, because I was just thinking, I have, I have just the postcard. I didn't buy the book, but uh, what I met, uh, Mr. Murphy and his uh, lovely wife. You know, I just got that signed. Uh, so hopefully, I'll see them at Granite State this year and be able to pick up the book. They ran out.
1: <laughs> uh, when are you go into Granite State?
0: Uh, the the fourteenth through the seventeenth of September. Oh, nice, nice. So we have a table and uh, I will be moderating the Ninja Turtles panel. So and uh, and I mean, the, the panel is Steve Levine, Sarah Meyer, Ben Bishop, Frank, um, F- Freddie Williams, the second and um, uh, Mateus Santaluco. So, oh, and Mike Ruth. So it's like like the who's who of, of friggin turtles artists and all that. And it's like every one of them except for one has been on my show, but they all know me. So <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That's Very cool, awesome.
1: So, um, as we were talking about earlier, I don't think we need to go through this panel by panel, but I definitely want us to talk about like our favorite parts. Um, but let,
2: let's kick it off, Brandon. What What were your thoughts on us? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I I thought it was uh, more in the vein of. It, it maybe even better to say, in the spirit of what this whole eight issue, um, one shot series is supposed to be with the Riddler, we saw his one bad day, it all predicated upon the statements made by the Joker in the killing joke. You know, all it takes is one bad day for someone to become just as bad as the Joker, um, with. Edward Nigma, <clears throat> we saw that at play. We saw how he went from what his life was and how it just took one bad day to set him on the path to being the absolute unhinged genius-level psychopath that he is. Um, Two-Face dropped the ball. There was nothing regarding this one bad day that led him to become... This individual that we know as as quote Harvey Two Face, uh, we saw the end result of a bad day that was never showcased in the entirety of that that issue, uh, and also they telegraphed the ending from five miles away.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, if you if you get to the like fourth page of that that book and you don't know what's going to happen by the end of it, for the most part. I I don't know what to tell you in all honesty. Like, I mean, I guess I wish I could live my life with that kind of childlike wonderment, (laughs) but, uh, that just, that doesn't, that doesn't cut the mustard for me. Um, but we read, uh, before this, the, the issue we read was, uh, the penguin, which I felt was a good midway point between, like the riddler and two-face because with the penguin story they gave us a little bit of what started to set him down the path but they they ultimately did not give us his one bad day that really cemented who he became in gotham known as the penguin um with this particular story the main the the major difference that we see with Victor Freeze versus any number of Batman's rogues is that this didn't happen to Victor Freeze because of of violence uh, or because an accident was caused by somebody else that turned him into what he became uh, this was all because of his own seeming heartbreak um, and, and his desire to control what was seemingly uncontrollable In, on the face of it we see a, a man who is, is trying to fight inevitable loss and to a certain point i think batman is a character who can most certainly empathize with that whether he chooses to or not is a different question to be answered altogether but that is certainly something batman can empathize with uh i i was interested to see where the story took us here the fact that it's it's a, a brutal brutal cold snap throughout all of gotham it allows mr freeze to walk around unsheathed from his his usual armor uh and batman uh very characteristically stays just as cold as he normally uh portrays himself as with his his nemesis in for the first time in any of these stories, we see a a warmth brought to the situation, not because of Batman, but because of his young sidekick, Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. This is the first one of these stories we've seen that Robin has played a role. And I think it really cut to the spirit of... Dick Grayson's role In Bruce Wayne's life Because Up until this point Even in the One Bad Day books It has been a a Brutal Calculating Rough and tumble Batman It's been Batman Through and through Barely no Bruce to speak of And it's this little kid who went through a horrible, tragic loss himself that combined with the dry British fathering of Alfred Pennyworth (laughs) actually starts to uh, chip away at that that icy exterior that, that Bruce has. And I think... Robin is really the most important person in this entire story. And and it highlights how important Robin is overall to the Batman mythos. Otherwise Batman is just a a revenge slash (laughs) vengeance driven machine. Uh, And he needed to have something to ground him to humanity Alfred, for as much as he cares for Bruce, was never able to do that. And it's being forced to take in and, and actually look after and care for this kid in his own way that is making Bruce come around a bit more. Uh, and, and that, I think, is one of the most appealing things about Batman in this story is his need to seem unflinching, however much his young ward rails against it in, in front of his nemesis. like Dick Grayson was just a, a really talented gymnastic kid that wanted to fight crime alongside this really rich dude that dresses like a bat that took him in. And it's a completely different scenario for him than it is for Bruce. And it shows how much Bruce really understands what kind of stuff this kid feels to finally step back and say, all right, you know what, we're going to try what the kid says.
0: I'm Does project here for a second. Did you guys pick up on the subtext that Robin is to Batman as Nora was to uh to Victor? Like the way Batman is obsessed, right? Bruce Wayne is obsessed. He's going to do his thing, he's gonna go out after their patrol and be matches Malone and continue his thing, even though he shouldn't. Very similar to how Nora was chastising uh, Victor because he didn't go out with them to the, the show and he's just sitting there with his with his uh, you know bug collection or whatever he was freeze driving and all that. He's a man who's driven to just be someone who is just all into his work and he doesn't care for other things. And it's kind of analogous to what you see with Batman where he's like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. He starts yep. listening to Robin a little bit. She uh, And and Victor starts listening to Nora a little bit. It doesn't exactly work out for one of them, but it does work out for another one. And like Brandon was saying there, let's give the kid a shot. And, and uh, like the beginning of this book, it starts out where Robin is dissatisfied because Batman literally hired carolers to use them as bait for a murderer who has been killing carolers. And, and Robin's like, this ain't cool. That's kind of messed up. And he's like, oh, yeah? Well, well, how would you deal with this scum? And he's like, I don't know. Don't you think any of them are redeemable? And then we hear Batman say, well, there is one. And that kind of predicates this entire journey. So it's <laughs> like, oh. And that's just like what Brandon was saying here, where it's like, all right, we've got this young point of view character with Robin. And he's going to take a look at this differently than Batman. And this is Robin's story more than it is Batman's. It's like yeah. Robin and Victor Freeze.
2: Yeah, and and, and the, I did notice that. That's why I was I was uh, describing Batman as having an icy exterior and uh, being cold and unfeeling towards his his nemesis. Generally speaking, reminds me of Batman
0: uh, Noel a little bit. You know, uh, a kind of bit. House- yeah, yeah, a little bit.
2: Uh, I just I I, I think that. Honestly, the, the biggest surprise overall comes through as we see Batman saying, and, and, and not even just like, it's not just let's give the kids idea a shot. It's more to the point that, as Dick said, like, don't you think any of them are redeemable? It, it's the, the subtext there is Bruce is just kind of like, you know what? None of the shit I've tried has worked. Mm -hmm. at all and maybe sometimes you need a pair of fresh eyes to look at a situation because they will see something that you you just can't you're not capable of
0: he's like i tried punching
2: i tried kicking (laughs) i'm all out of ideas (laughs) i tried dangling from a rooftop
0: yeah he said with blunt instruments. He said,
2: them. "I swear to God." I said, "Swear to me, nothing, nothing." It didn't even work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I just wanted to point out uh, a couple of things. Uh, the battering Christmas tree. Is, oh, yeah. That's oh, hilarious, yeah. and, and he's popping a... up with a yeah. <laughs> Batman says, uh, uh, "You should not be treating the preserved alien invaders as direct de- uh, <laughs> decorations."
2: <laughs> I will put it back on the very first day of the year, Master Bruce.
1: <laughs> and uh, I also wanted to point out the angel. Uh, there's, uh, we definitely get a uh, full circle with the yep. angel there. Start that with
0: the, the snow angel. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, snow angel with you see where the red is. Um, and then we get a, uh, you get to two red eyes. Um, and at the end we also get Victor freeze with a snow angel into two red eyes.
0: As I was saying, it's, it's a very minimalist, uh, color scheme in this where it's, it's dull because there's, there's a lot of blues. There's a lot of, uh, light colors because of the snow, you know, in contrast to like the red for Robin and the red for Victor Freeze's glasses. You see a lot of that color and that is very consistent with what we saw in, The Riddler book, not so much with Two-Face because I feel like they went off the off the grid there a little bit, but they're very muted tones in this.
2: It's funny, just the other day before reading any of this, I was talking briefly about Batman and Robin and my wife. and I was like, you know, as a tactician going out on the field and bringing the young boy Robin with him. Batman was absolutely brilliant when it came to self-preservation. And she was like, <laughs> "Why would you say that?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, for a couple of reasons, hon. One, what what does Batman wear when he goes out at night?" And she's like, "The bat costume suit." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. What is the what does the bat look like?" She goes, "It's like a big black bat." I'm like, "Okay," but also, what's like the the classic symbol you think of when it comes to Batman, she's like oh it's in like the big yellow circle i'm like correct so he's just wearing a giant bright yellow target on his chest where he has all kinds of armor and kevlar so in case anybody goes to shoot him what they aim at is what they can see the big yellow spot on his chest not his head she goes oh, okay wait a minute what i was like yes you know where i'm going with this <laughs> so what better way to make sure that no one's paying attention to you in the shadows as you get closer to the, the bad guy in charge than to have a life gymnastic boy in a yellow cape with bright green and red costume jumping around and laughing. She goes, that's monstrous. I was like, that's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least
0: he was nice enough to let him wear pants here.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you can get away with the the Silver Age Robin suit anymore. Ever since ever since Tim Drake's suit, really, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of been game over for for the old school. I, I Drake's suit like killed it for Robin. It's, after it's that, good. it's just too yeah. good. Yeah, you can't not emulate that moving forward. I think I honestly think the best improve the only real improvement to the Robin uniform action suit uh has been when since damien took over the role the the cloak okay.
0: yeah i like that yeah. a
2: lot yeah. i like the cloak a lot it, it it looks good it makes sense it's a quick cover that can be pulled off uh but it also is a great signifier for the origins of damien coming from the league of assassins
0: yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Damien's a lot better than people give him credit for, and, mm. and a lot of people just hate him. But I'm like, you just don't get it. You know, it's like he has to be different than Jason and Dick <sighs> and Tim. And and he is. And at times he's petulant. At times he's you know very much Bruce as a younger kid. Exactly. You know, exactly. I wouldn't well, be surprised you know, if down the road we find out he's actually Bruce's clone, you know. You know, honestly, like I
2: I don't I, I wouldn't even I don't want to say like, oh, you know, you don't get it to somebody that doesn't like it, but like wh- I would say to them, what about the character is it that you don't like and, and start from from that point, you know And if if they say, well, I don't like this in in, in a non-confrontational way, like in a productive way, the, the way I try to approach those situations is saying like, so why didn't you like that? Like what about it? bothered you, you know, and if you can get to like the seeds, the kernels of what these issues are, you can usually find like it might just actually you might have someone confront their own bias. You just have to have an honest conversation, an honest exchange about it. Um and you know, if you can think of storylines where the character is showcased in a far more positive light where it's really hard to get be get down on them based on preconceived notions that that usually goes a long way with those
0: conversations as well i i like damien um i'm gonna be hard pressed if you try to put me up against a punchline with that to like that character because i'm just not gonna like that character
2: i mean i i haven't read anything with punchline in it i have no interest in punchline because it it just seems like a generational lost copy of of harley quinn Yep. You know, and and quite frankly using the powers of social media. If I'm is that what it is? I don't know. Yes, I was gonna if 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 I were to if I wanted to read a story where something like that were the case, I would read for a third time Batman
0: White Knight. Yeah, well, I mean that's a really good book, so you know
1: and uh, everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good cough.
0: podcast network. Give a listen, dudes. Cowabunga is this podcast for you.
1: Punchline came out of Future State, right?
0: Before Future State Before, uh, came out. Yeah. Or uh, Fear
1: State? Not not Future State. Fear State.
0: I, I think so, because that was the whole thing with the broker and all that. Yeah. So it, it, it was around that time. It was like right after the jokes and riddles. So uh, where, where she would show up because uh, Tinian took over after the, the whole Bane thing. So, and she was in like his third book, I think. So, yeah,
2: but um, yeah, I agree, what, I agree with you. What we, but what we see here though is that Dick has convinced Batman to actually like talk with Mister Freeze, mm-hmm. and what they, what they talk about is the fact that Batman was able to rent lab space from a <laughs> Lexcorp
0: lex lab <laughs> that did make me Le- chuckle
2: <laughs> i i guess yeah, as soon as i saw it was lexcorp i'm like oh i know what the end result of this is
0: cool uh, guys don't look at explosions that's what...
2: <laughs> right uh and set him up with a dedicated server uh with all kinds of info for the updated science on his his work since he's been you know quote indisposed uh to help thaw his his wife nora out and begin treatments for her so she can she can actually survive the the disease she has um and this was all dick's idea and batman pretty much lets it be known he's like this, this was the kids idea like you should you should understand like he's the one that wanted you to have the chance to do this but as we delve further into it, we find out that uh, Nora and Victor's marriage was, was falling apart because he was too obsessed with his work. He, was, he, was, he had a hyper focus on it. He didn't live his life. And, but then he was also controlling and possessive because he wanted to know where she was, who she was with at all times whenever she wasn't right there in the house with him. Then she got sick told her friends to leave the hospital without her being able to say goodbye to them. And then took, took it of his own accord, took it, took it on himself to freeze her cryogenically freeze her to halt the process of the disease until he could find a cure. And that's when there was uh, an accident when other people came in, depending on who it is that tells a story, but other people came in uh, caused, caused the, a, a malfunction uh she remained frozen but it altered his body chemistry um forevermore where he needs to be below uh, freezing temperatures in order to yep. be able to to survive uh so what we get here is A further expansion upon the origin given to the character in Batman the animated series, uh, where it's always been this tragic thing where he was just trying to save the woman he loved, he loved so dearly. And here we find out that it, there, she was, she fell out of love with him because he was not really the man that she married anymore. And death was taking her away, but. Had she lived, I mean, life would have done that, too. And he knew that. And this isn't keeping her frozen. Stopped being about finding a cure for her. I mean, when you think about it, he stopped searching for a cure. He stopped Mm -hmm. searching for a way. And it was about having her in a cage, essentially where he could see her whenever he wanted he knew exactly where she was at all times uh and it's it's beyond obsession you know it's that is true
1: well uh he even says here uh we don't fight anymore she's not out spending my money and i don't sit alone in an empty house wondering who she's out with or when she'll be home all the time and uh the kicker is that at some point i think uh Somebody mentions like she had a living will, so she yep. wouldn't even want to be frozen
2: anyway yeah one of one of the friends that Victor turned away from seeing her at the hospital, a coworker it seemed a group of them showed up, and um he made mention like to because Batman seeks him out. And, uh, you know, that's why he's like, yeah, she had a living will. But, you know, you better believe that Victor made sure that thing got torched as soon as he he, he was able to do it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so many deliberate things that he does where it's like you're like, oh, you know, he's just like this guy that laments the loss of his, his <coughs> wife. And it's like when you see all the deliberate things, you're like, oh, that's not the case, is it?
2: Maybe at one point in time that was true before he he actually went through with freezing her. You know, he was lamenting the impending loss of her. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that if he had not had the accident that changed his body chemistry, if it wouldn't have ended up the same way.
0: She, yeah, she or, she or he just, killed her and, you know, put her in the backyard and it's I used to love her, but I had to kill her, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Even though Axel Rose's song is about a dog, but still, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's you know, I'm, it, it's not. But even even if even if he had been able to freeze her, it without any sort of injury to himself, he may likely have ended up doing exactly the same thing, you know. Just didn't need to keep himself frozen in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, I can keep her here. I can see her, and I can do it all under the auspices of oh, I'm trying to find a cure. Um, it all goes haywire. He blows up the the lab from LexCorp that that was rented to have him work on this. Uh, and Dick <laughs> uh, was is it Dick or or uh, Alfred? That says to Bruce, like, oh, yeah, so you rented a lab from LexCorp, huh? You you knew that he was going to blow that lab up, didn't you? And Bruce is like, well, no is a very strong word. <laughs> I had a pretty good idea. Um, but there is a, a bit of redemption for, for lack of a better term. It's not fully redemptive. But it's a step in the right direction for all the good work that Victor Fries had done before he became this overwrought, obsessed maniac uh, where he shares all of his research to be open sourced and shared with the world to help advance medicine.
0: And Uh, that only happens because Robin showed that faith in him. mm -hmm.
2: It's like one of those things, too, where Robin says to Freeze, like, you know, what, why, why are you doing all this? Like, why are you Why are you not using that big brain of yours? And it's like word for word.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The
2: same thing that Nora said to him when she was sick. And it gives Freeze pause. He's like, what? Why did you say that? You know, who told you that? And, uh, you know, it really
0: rattles him. And... Monty, I swear you're the devil himself. Who told you woman? Oh, oh, you mean that is a joke?
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> T hee I am in on the joke. I am in on your totally normal human joke. My what I mean, your <laughs> totally joke. normal joke. But uh yeah, so he there is there is a, a very lovely scene where it shows Bruce uh a little bit. Bruised and beaten, a little worse for wear, but uh, sitting with likely a glass of hot cocoa in his armchair, uh, with Dick and a German Shepherd lying on the floor in front of the Christmas tree it's and firewood, and uh, Alfred holding a, a tray, of, which clearly brought the beverage, the hot beverage, to the to the room, uh, and they're all they're all around the hearth and all. Smiling, you know, yeah. very, very content with it being a, a nice Christmas Eve.
1: And what we don't see is that Alfred used milk from Bat Cow in order to make the hot chocolate.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to comment about how was this the same dog that Alfred spent months training? World's greatest te- detective yeah. indeed. <laughs> 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 Throwback to our uh, previous episode with that uh, Tom King story. In that the, was a- uh, the vignettes. That was With a really dogs. good one too. World's greatest. I think that was, yeah, was. that was Christmas, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It right. was a Christmas story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you get to the the end. I I gotta say, really satisfying ending, which is tough to find in comics nowadays. Like the last panel here, you are like, this was really good. Like it made you feel good by the end. Like Freeze is smiling, and he's out here doing a snow angel, and you're like what he feels good about the fact that he actually did something that would make his wife proud.
2: Yeah. And yeah. go ahead. Oh no, no,
1: I was gonna say, yeah, definitely, you know, takes a bit of a turn because you know he, he was definitely a dick for you know good part of it, but definitely to see that redemption arc uh at the end was, was definitely nice to read. Did see. did you
0: guys did you guys specifically mention that he can't bring Nora back? Like and he knows he can't bring Nora back. Well, he he certainly goes through
2: trying at least one thaw sample, not of Nora. Yeah. But um it it deteriorates. But that's the thing is like we just see him try that one time and then the freak out begins and he burns down the lab. So one of the things that is mentioned is that he did he he would get. So down on himself that he would lose his temper With himself And therefore any of his Work was always in danger because he was Ready to just like you know Sweep it all to, to the floor yeah. And that's exactly what happened in that situation Just amplified by his obsession um, So I still think it's more of a block Than anything else I, I I still think It's more of a I don't really want It so I'm not really gonna Find it
0: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that. And and maybe it's just something that'll happen down the road. I think I think they've tried it once or twice where where it's worked or where it's not. It always goes back to, you know, she's in the glass case. Yeah.
2: I think one of the few instances now where we've actually seen Nora be okay is is Harley Quinn on Max.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Cool. She
2: yeah, she's uh not, not that it's a spoiler or anything, but she's uh, an have- executive assistant at the Legion of Doom.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
2: So, and, and oh. it's it's funny because the way that they play this out here, uh, it is really kind of like, a, oh my God, Victor, just leave me alone. I'm fucking done. <laughs> you know, so kind of, kind of sort of. Plays out the way it might if she Actually were to come back to life in the Comics like uh, yeah Thanks for bringing me back to life so I'm fine now great I want a divorce Deuces
0: I wonder so so his His bad day is obviously when The police the Gotham PD You know they rushed everything and they went In because he was doing experimentation On her and she was dying and uh, He froze her and The bad day was when he had the accident, the industrial accident that caused his condition. So that's, that's what we're counting the bad day as? I would
2: count the bad day as the day he froze her. Okay. Because that, that I was like, the stuff that, leading up
0: to it, you know?
2: No, because that bad day is what led to everything else.
0: And, yeah, and so that,
2: that's what's being explicitly stated as something that was against her will. So when he let his obsession and need to control take over, that's when the dominoes started falling. If he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have been there. None of that would have happened. So his bad day was trying to control not just the fate, but the life of the woman that he was obsessed with. I'm not even say the woman
0: he loved, the woman he was obsessed with. So do uh, you think we'd ever see this uh, acted out by Arnold Schwarzenegger? Mm. <laughs> it's more of a Ben Kingsley role, I feel. But, yeah. yeah,
2: if, if that, I'd, I, I'd, rather, I, I'd sooner see Benedict Cumberbatch do it.
0: That's an interesting casting. Wow, he's definitely deadpan enough.
2: Yeah, I'm not being sarcastic. I huh. think that he would play an excellent Victor Freeze.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I just never oh, even yeah. considered that. But yeah, I could
2: see that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, did you gentlemen have uh, any last words on uh, this book?
0: This is a bit more nuanced than the other ones. It, it left you with a good feeling at the end, which is something I, I feel is a rarity in these books. It it's uh, it's heartwarming, which is ironic. And um, I, I feel like this is one of the better written ones. I, I like this one a lot. I, I put this as my second favorite thus far.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely warming. I mean, we get a Batman smile in this couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get Batman dressed as Santa. Um, <laughs> yeah, that
0: was funny. There, there was and, a bell at someone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, a, a very happy Robin when he can finally drive to Batmobile. Like that was that was pretty cool. Um, what, what about you, Brandon, any last
2: thoughts? Um, I mean, just, I, I, I like that the, the needle swung back to where we started with the Riddler and, you know, I'm still moving forward with what we're doing with one bad day here with a little bit of trepidation. Cause I, I, I literally have no idea what the next story we cover uh for, for one bad day is going to bring I, I i honestly they've thrown me for a loop now mm-hmm. a, a couple of times i mean like i said penguin was was good but it was it was that, that needle was right there in the middle um and considering that those two where it's it's off the mark were right smack dab in between the riddler and mr freeze we have four more issues left in this eight-issue series. Oh, there's four left.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh,
2: uh, I no- I just don't I don't know what we're going what we're going to see how it's going to play out, and you know that that like I said it just gives me pause because if it's not if it's not coming back to one bad day, and anybody could have this happen to them then why did you bother writing the story?
0: You know, I think so, it's a false premise anyway, but you know,
2: Oh, I do too. But, but, but thematically, if you're going to build eight issues off of that idea, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta run with what you set up. And if you're saying one bad day based on the Joker's faulty logic in that situation biased logic at any rate um m- make the juice worth the squeeze
0: yeah yeah no i'm, I'm with you i mean in in that two-faced issue really kind of tarnishes a lot of stuff leo what's what's next like what are the next books that we have
1: so you'll be happy to know the next book is
0: Bane.
2: yes what? i will be that issue's reckoning
1: <laughs> who, who wrote that one uh, let me pull it up right here. Uh, ch-ch-ch.
0: Tom T Hardy. Wait, no, that's too obvious. <laughs> Tom
1: H. <laughs> uh, so writer is Joshua Williamson.
0: Okay. And okay. art by Howard Porter. All right. Yeah. I like both those guys. We'll see so how it goes. Be fun. Yeah. hope but it's not terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Bane is what, uh, let's see, you know what? We'll go into it when, uh, the next one, uh and uh, let's see, the reading order is so after Bane is going to be Catwoman, okay, then Clayface,
0: oh good, all right, and then Razagul. All right, so we we've hit the halfway point here, so yeah, so that's great. I look forward to reading these other books on subsequent episodes of this very show.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, And uh, with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening for me. You know how to find me, you know, just Google me. But, you know, watch more of these episodes. Go watch Comics Paradox, another awesome show we do together with these fine gentlemen. I do a bunch of stuff during the week. Uh, You know, Splash Pages on Tuesday and Wednesday is Midweek Geeks and Still Token
2: with. And uh, how about Powerful Brandon? Take us out. Uh yeah, like like you said, um Comics Paradox, check out comicsparadox.com, C O M I X P A R A D O X dot com. Uh, also on Instagram, Comics Paradox at Comics Paradox Podcast. Uh, you can check me out on social media as well. I'm on Instagram at this brandon has powers and Twitter at Brandon's Powers. If you want to come over to Facebook and check out the Powers Combined Group, we're just a consortium of Dorks that likes to get together and you know, share news, info, jokes, memes, good times, and laughs to be had by all. Our number one rule there is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Uh, aside from this, uh, the Dork Night and Comics Paradox, we switch off week to week with these two. Um, you can find any number of shows from the uh, Dorkening Podcast Network wherever fine podcasts are broadcast.
0: Awesome. Mr. Justin Cooper. You can check me out on the uh, Epic Shells Facebook group. It's all dedicated to Ninja Turtles. You can also check me out the Epic Tales from the Sewers uh, Ninja Turtles podcast and the Generation Playlist podcast where we uh, we take a look at a certain genre or we take a look at a certain musician and we uh, generate a playlist. So it's not just a clever title.
1: Ooh, nice. <laughs> and with that, we'll catch you later. Bye. 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 Bye.